0: Hello and welcome to the Rising Ecosystems podcast from FDI Intelligence, where we explore the opportunities and challenges facing startups in cities around the world. I'm your host, Alex Owen-Hunt, and so far in this series, I've spoken to prominent entrepreneurs about their experiences in growing tech hubs such as Berlin, Istanbul and Mexico City. Don't forget to subscribe to the FDI podcast to get access to all our previous episodes and more upcoming content. But in this episode, I'm traveling further east to discover more about the startup scene in the Indian city of Chennai. As the capital of the southeastern state of Tamil Nadu, Chennai is, ro- is home to roughly 11 million people. As a popular destination for tourists, who often flock to the city for its beaches, temples, and historical architecture, while Chennai has gained the nickname of the Detroit of India for its well-established automotive industry the city has also emerged as a leading hub for startups developing software as a service, also known as SaaS. To find out a bit more about the city's growing SaaS ecosystem, I recently sat down with a prominent member of the community, Girish Mathibutam. He is the founder and CEO of Freshworks, which develops software to help businesses manage their relationships with customers around the world. Since being founded in Chennai in 2010, Freshworks has grown from a small operation to a global SaaS player It is now operating in 13 global locations and sells its software to over 50,000 companies worldwide. In September 2021, Freshworks reached a significant milestone listing on the Nasdaq stock exchange at a valuation of ten point one billion dollars. Beyond his role as CEO of Freshworks, Girish has also invested in over 60 startups himself, and is a founding member of SaaS Boomi, a community for founders and engineers in the SaaS industry. As you can imagine, Girish has a lot to share about his experiences as an entrepreneur, Chennai start- startup ecosystems, and plenty of useful tips for founders getting into the SaaS industry. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Girish. Girish, welcome to the Rising Ecosystems podcast. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. I'd like to start from the beginning of Freshworks journey, if I may. Could you tell us a little bit about why you co-founded the company back in 2010 when it was called Freshdesk? A little bit of the story behind how you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, The story of uh, Freshworks started in uh, 2009 uh, with a broken TV and a poor customer service experience that I had with the shipping company uh, who wouldn't uh, process the insurance claim for my TV when I was moving back to Chennai. So I think uh, the aha moment for me in 2010 after a six month struggle with the shipping company was I finally decided to kind of uh, um, write about my experience online and the company was forced to do the right thing and pay my insurance claim and and the aha moment for me was uh, really how. Uh, the rise of so- social media is uh, changing the power dynamics in the world of customer service. And uh, and as somebody who had built four help desks before Freshdesk, I this was the idea to build a fresh help desk. That's why the company was called Freshdesk. Where um, the first product that we launched uh, was to help businesses listen to customer complaints not just via phone and email or chat, but also through social media like uh, Twitter and Facebook. And and if you recall, 2010. Uh, Twitter and Facebook were just getting started for business use cases. So, so that's the uh, story of how we started. And I think uh, it's been a fantastic journey. And as you know, we took Freshworks public on NASDAQ on September 22nd. And uh, it, it, it is a phenomenal journey to um, build a company from scratch, starting in Chennai uh, in, in a no-name suburb to uh, in in 11 years taking it to a, a 10 billion plus company uh, to IPO on Nasdaq. Uh, uh, it's, it's really something that uh, all of us at Freshworks are super proud of, and uh, but we're more excited about the journey uh, moving forward. As you say, Girish, it's a phenomenal journey and
0: congratulations on reaching that milestone of going public on the Nasdaq. But if we stay in Chennai in 2010, what was it really like to found a startup in the city at
1: that time? So let me tell you, the world is very different today than it was in 2010. Uh, In 2010 in Chennai, there was no startup ecosystem. Literally, like uh, there were very, very few startups itself. And uh, our initial challenges were all very uh, fundamental, like, for example, getting a good office space. So there were no co-working spaces uh, that are today mushrooming in every city in the world. Uh, and, And in Chennai, it used to be these large IT parks which had millions of square foot vacant, but they were not startup friendly. You can't go and just get a 10-seater office or a six-seater office. We were six people um, in in 2011. We couldn't find an easy plug-and-play office, right? So the situation was very different. And also when we uh, took an office, which uh, our our initial rent was like $150 per month uh, in those days dollar terms. And that office, like we used to struggle with a lot of infrastructure problems. And when I say infrastructure problems, it was not AWS infrastructure or database sharding. It was more like, hey, there's no water today in the restrooms or there's no power uh, and and, uh, no parking uh, for our cars and things like that. So I think uh, in fact, when we got the first million dollar funding uh, from Axel Partners, the first thing we wanted to do was get out of that office and move into a proper IT park, which had uh, a proper setup for an office. So I think uh, uh, we've come a long way. In fact, uh, VCs uh, wouldn't come to Chennai in 2011 because they couldn't fill their calendar with uh, uh, meetings for the day. So they would set up a meeting with me and then on Sunday they will call and cancel because uh, uh, they would give me some reason because we were the only company at that time in Chennai and it didn't make sense for the VC to travel all the way from Bangalore or Mumbai to come to Chennai to meet just one company. So, so I think, if you look at it in that context, in the last 10 years, uh, things have taken a dramatic change, where there's a, a thriving ecosystem today, there is uh, tons of activity in the startup world, uh, almost every VZ is looking to fund B2B startups. And, and Chennai is now established as the SAS capital of uh, India, and we call it uh, SAS Bhumi, Bhumi in Tamil uh, means Earth. So, so I think uh, we've come a long way. I'm, I'm very glad that you've mentioned SaaS Boomi, which
0: of course is a community of SaaS founders that you've helped develop in Chennai. Uh, and i certainly want to hear a bit more about that later in our conversation. But if we come back to the recent listing on the NASDAQ, a fantastic milestone to reach, given the humble beginnings of, of Freshworks that you've just outlined. Can you describe a little bit about what the transition is like from being a private company to going public? So I think
1: uh, um, the, the first thing that I felt personally, I'll start with that. Uh, so I personally felt uh, a great sense of happiness and fulfillment because uh, for everybody who believed in Freshworks, whether it was our employees, early employees, or our early VC investors, I saw that listing on NASDAQ as fulfillment of my responsibility as the CEO to uh, give them the liquidity that they needed. Uh, for for our early shareholders, like both employees and VCs, while I'm taking on new responsibility to our public market investors. But uh, the more dominant feeling was um, that I felt energized for the journey ahead. Because what happened if you uh, look back, I don't know if you were following, um, uh, like all the social media activity, it was much more than Freshworks IPO, like India celebrated the IPO as its own IPO, like every startup founder felt happiness that hey, like this is our, uh, it was as if their their company was going public, right? And we inspired founders. We, uh, VCs were super excited because this is the kind of exit that brings more investment into India. So employees were super inspired. We also managed to inspire the common man like uh, where they could see, because so many people have seen Freshworks grow, start as a startup and, and grow over the years. And in 10 years, 11 years, to actually do this. Uh, we managed to in- create so much inspiration uh, that now I feel that, hey, this is a lot of pressure and pressure is a privilege, right? So uh, now no, we uh, take that uh, pressure very, very seriously and we want to use it to energize our folks. And I feel super energized to use all of that. Now we are India's national champion and, and uh, we, we have to keep going and uh, keep running and keep winning.
0: And and yeah, that is exactly why I wanted to ask the question, you know, big exits and national champions such as Freshworks tend to inspire future founders and feed funding and expertise back into the ecosystem. And it's something that we've covered earlier in this podcast series. But given that, I mean, what, what do you think your role is now as a successfully exited company? And also, what are some of the lessons you've learned from going global uh, from India that you'd like to share with any entrepreneurs that might be listening?
1: Yeah, first of all, the the exit is only for the uh, um, whoever wants to exit right like the VC investors, but really this is an opportunity to truly build an iconic world class company. uh, That happened to come out of India, so our goal at Freshworks was always to build a world class product company. It just so like like how Skype started in Estonia or Atlassian started in Australia, so we happen to start in uh, Chennai India and we are super proud of that, but the goal is to build. Uh, a world-class product company, and I think that journey we are just getting started. So, so in that sense, it's not an exit, right? It's it's a it, it's a milestone moment where we are celebrating for a day, but as I said, uh, we are back to work, and and uh, so I think it's truly a great opportunity, and that is what I want uh, the other founders uh, to also take away from this. So it's truly a massive opportunity if you can play in the right markets, like we are operating in three massive markets. If you have products. That are focused on like delighting customers and if customers are really excited about your products, you can keep going for a long, long time and and I think. uh, A lot of times as founders when we start up we don't dream big enough and I am speaking from myself, I did not start the company uh, thinking that i'm going to change the world or make a dent in the universe, so my my, uh, dreams were more. Uh, okay, how do we get to one million dollars of revenue, or uh, how can we build our second product? But now, truly, as you kept, as we kept scaling, I think uh, we now realize how big this opportunity could be, and uh, so that's super energizing. And I want all founders to understand that uh, the markets are big, and and uh, you can keep going, and you just have to believe and keep executing. Absolutely, and I wish you all the
0: best on your continual growth and expansion we come back to your experience in Chennai and, and more broadly India, as you mentioned, Bangalore, of course, which is another renowned tech hub, what do you think makes India and specifically Chennai stand out as a tech
1: hub? See, I think if you look at um, India SaaS, which is building, starting in India, but building products for the world, going global from day one, the, the opportunity is massive because of, first I'll start with three broad changes uh in the last uh, two decades which are acting as catalyst right so if you uh, go back to the dot-com days if you want to start a company right you needed millions of dollars to even start like because you had to invest in data centers and and uh, you had to hire people in the valley and you have to be in the valley so i think uh, number one the rise of aws actually enabled anybody to start from anywhere with uh, relatively uh, like you don't even need anything. AWS is giving you like, uh, or, or Azure or Google cloud is giving you 50K, k hundred K credits so you can get started with nothing. Second, the ability to find customers online. So through platforms like Google and Google AdWords and Google search. So the market is suddenly global for every entrepreneur, no matter where you are. So finding customers is, is not a problem. The third and the most important thing is digital transformation of every business. Even before COVID, this was happening. But after COVID, like there's no way any business anywhere in the world could not sell online. And if you're selling online, you need to have the systems uh, to actually uh, support customers online, market to customers online, sell customers online, have inventory online. So, so there is a huge digital transformation of every business. Now, when you look at all these three, uh, so, so the playing field is now leveled. And if you compare to the traditional business model, Like if if a company is going after, or or if a company is built in Silicon Valley, usually they build for the Fortune 500 in the past, because uh, that's where you could get uh, the big uh, money, right? Like you have salespeople who will go and call in on these enterprise customers. So so we did not build for the Fortune 500. We built for the Fortune 5 million, as I said. So I think that is the opportunity for any entrepreneur, not just in India, but anywhere outside of uh, the valley uh, can, today build products and and the key is product led growth so and and freshworks was practicing product led growth before the term became a buzzword so uh, we are hearing it for the last two three years but in 2011 when we started our first seven customers i think uh, came from four different continents so so we were uh, entering businesses uh, like users were finding us online and taking us into the company so so product led growth is an important disruptor which uh, entrepreneurs should understand that if you're starting somewhere in the world you can't hire like a, a big vp of sales who will go and sell to a, a million dollar deal to a customer you need to let your product find its way into the customer somewhere in the world right so so that is one of the lessons i tell uh, like people in chennai or in india that how can you build or engineer product-led growth into your product so that is important today for for anybody to win the second is hybrid sales model so so, because of this digital transformation of SMBs, so we can actually have India is no longer a back office, go to market, like engineering uh, center. It can also be a go to market center. Like you can have salespeople calling and selling to customers, uh, whether in North America or in Europe or in Australia. So, we have pretty much uh, our entire SMB business, uh, which is more than 40% of our revenue, is all closed out of Chennai. Like we have sales teams. Sitting and and helping customers, and these customers could be like people with a hundred dollar, two hundred dollar budget. Like you're, they're putting their credit card and and uh, buying software. So it's not like a consultative sale, and and that is a, a business model disruptor. Like it's a hybrid sales model where product led growth takes your product into the company, but you're also calling them and helping them make their uh, choice or helping them evaluate the product. So I think and, and the third uh, important uh, lesson for founders in Chennai is, hey, you may not always have been there, done that talent. Like we definitely did not have that when we started, right? So, so in the Valley, if you want to hire for a SaaS marketing person, you could hire for nine different disciplines of marketing, like influencer marketing, digital marketing, and content marketing and so on. In Chennai, if I were to find somebody who has done software marketing, it would be a win. So, but that doesn't matter. Like uh, my advice to founders is, Hey, don't always look for being there, done that talent. You can bet on smart youngsters who have the right, uh, capability, and they can learn and, and grow into those roles. And that's what we had demonstrated so many times over the years, when we hired young talent who like learned and, and, uh, performed beautifully. And, and that's so empowering for the people also like when, when they know that, Hey, they, they can come in and the, and the company would respect that and uh, they can learn and grow. So I think we have hundreds of examples of uh, hiring talent like that.
0: That's no, a great it's a great point. And, and certainly that's probably a marker that you're still very bullish of the potential, of the talent in Chennai and the potential for future successful startups to come out the ecosystem. And I gets back to what we were discussing earlier about the so-called SaaS boomy, this community of founders that's, that I understand that you, you lead right in, uh, in, in Chennai. Um, so there's a lot of positives. But of course, like any startup ecosystem, there is always room for improvement. You know, the operating environments are never as as slick and easy as they could be, perhaps. I wonder what areas you'd like to see improved in Chennai to to really take the startup ecosystem to the next level.
1: Well, I think, uh, so first thing, let's start with the good stuff, right? Like, uh, so SaaS boomy has been uh, like one of the best things that happened uh, to me personally uh, in my life, as well as uh, for India SaaS, if you talk to people who have attended uh, the conference. So one fundamental learning that I've had from any event, right? The more focused the event is, the better the content is. Like uh, if you go to a generic entrepreneurship event, like the content becomes so diluted and you have this meaningless panels where people are just uh, uh, sponsors who are talking about this. So in SaaS Bumi, we truly created a, a system where only founders are invited to attend and only founders get speaking slots or anybody who's speaking has to have relevant content and have anecdotal experience. There's no uh, general sponsorship talk or gyan giving, right? And no meaningless panel discussion. So, so we, we made that as a mandate and that turned out to be like one of the best things in terms of the quality of the content. So, and the second thing that we did was we incre- we actually started a paid forward culture where because it was all founders we started sharing openly about uh like conversion metrics numbers arr churn tactics that worked and so on and and once people started doing that everybody started doing that and so g- the the general uh tendency of okay i want to hold on close to my numbers and and i won't share it with anybody so all of that was broken so so if you come to sas boomi annual in chennai it's like an indian wedding where uh you, you see all these friends and relatives and you're all happily sharing. So I think that is the feeling um, of uh, SaaS Boomi Annual. To the extent that today, if you see the sponsor list for SaaS Boomi, right? Like if it's uh, like AWS and Microsoft Azure and, and all the VCs, they're all uh, sponsors because everybody knows it's a great thing. Like I, I heard from uh, the AWS folks in Singapore that Andy Jesse, every quarter gets a, a quadrant of what's good, what's bad happening anywhere in the world, and SAS Bumi was uh, mentioned there as uh, a phenomenal thing that was happening in Chennai uh, two years ago. So I think um, the number one thing we would like to improve is, or at least get back, is COVID isn't really helping. Uh, So there's a lot of uh, uh, action happening and knowledge sharing happening face to face. And so we are all waiting for things to open up so that we can go back and do in-person events. And uh, one of the other nice things that is happening and should continue is. Passing the baton, so SaaS Boomi is fully run by volunteers. I think two people today who are full-time employees of SaaS Boomi, only two, right? And and they're volunteers, but their job is to like make sure that uh, the volunteer-run operation continues. And if you look at this year or uh, uh, event this year's events, so the next generation of uh, uh, SaaS leaders, whether it's Chargebee or Postman and BrowserStack, and so they're all stepping up. And and uh, Matt Street then. And, and the founders of those companies are coming in and running the event so it's not like uh, uh, girish or Mano or suresh who were the initial uh, co-founders of sasbumi so we it's not just us so so i think that's a, a great thing and we have to continue to do that like uh, and and that is the best way to keep this going forward to bring fresh perspectives young talent new talent and everybody is still following the paid forward culture and they're coming in and helping the next generation of startups
0: yeah and absolutely Girish. i mean this is something i've touched on earlier in in this podcast series about the importance of events in bringing together startup ecosystems knowledge sharing as you say looking at those numbers don't hold them close to your chest actually it's it's uh, it's good to be avuncular share share this knowledge and data with with uh, people uh, founders maybe earlier on in their journey so clearly a lot of exciting things happening and some big name sponsors and great to hear a little bit more about that but if if we touch on some of the areas you'd like to see improved in Chennai, what what would you what would you say? What what do you think is needed to boost that ecosystem to the next level to you know become the Bay Area of of India, if you like?
1: No, I think uh, probably availability of talent is uh, uh, the most important uh, bottleneck for any city, I would say, and for Chennai too. Like uh, so, we need to invest more in uh, preparing. Uh, college graduates to be more industry ready. And to that extent, Freshworks actually, we run a Freshworks School of SAS. Uh, in tie up, where we are tying up with a few universities where we are going to engineering students in their second year and third year, where we are actually teaching them. Um, like sas concepts and programming with security and scalability deploying on aws and all of that is built into the course so i think uh, talent is the most important bottleneck for chennai actually yeah you can get a lot of fresh talent but uh, experienced talent uh, is very very scarce to come by and um, but i think you can say that for any city in the world uh, so
0: that is certainly this is something that's come across uh, in my conversations with other entrepreneurs in, in different cities talent is always a challenge i presume with with some of the big name vcs you've mentioned and certainly you've had some pretty big name backers over your time prior to going public you know akao and and tiger global management is is there ample supply of funding for startups in chennai or is that another area that, that perhaps could be, be no, i think
1: today you? there is too much funding it's it's the problem on the other side i think uh, i i truly think that there's a lot of money being printed and uh, it's finding its way, it's got nowhere to go because um, because of COVID most industries are disrupted. So tech is probably the only safe haven for uh, money and with interest rates being so low, a lot of the money is going into stock markets and uh, startups. And so today we are seeing a funding boom. It's great for entrepreneurs and startups. So in that sense, I'm happy, but uh, and the valuations are like going up every day and uh, maybe. Uh, it's, it's not too healthy, So, I, I, but nobody knows what's the right level of uh, uh, funding. So probably f- if you look at it from a founder's standpoint, it's it's a great time to be a founder. As a penultimate question, I'd like to discuss
0: your decision to move Freshworks headquarters to San Mateo in California, which of course is in Silicon Valley. Uh, we discussed earlier in our conversation some of the challenges in Chennai in terms of finding specific kinds of talent. You mentioned marketing as one example. Of course, there's there's many different niches within marketing. I mean, maybe that's one one benefit, but could you describe some of the other benefits of moving your headquarters to the US?
1: Yeah, no, I think, uh, see, when we started thinking about uh, taking Freshworks public, see, my role as uh, a captain of the team is to field the best team possible, right? So it's as simple as that. And if the CEO is in Chennai, uh, it was hard for me to kind of uh, build the right kind of management team, to take the company public, right? So a good example would be Tyler Sloat, our CFO. Like uh, He's one of the top CFOs in the Valley, spent 10 years at Zora. It's an authority on subscription economy, like uh, subscription SaaS. So we couldn't, even when Freshworks was of uh, meaningful revenue scale, let's say $150 million, we couldn't attract a lot of uh, top management talent because Everybody was in India, right? The CEO was in India. That, that's uh, something we wanted to change. So I realized that okay, my uh, job as the CEO is to to build the right team, and uh, so that's one of the main reasons why I moved. And and I think you can see now that we have assembled a world class management team, a fantastic independent board, and uh, so so everything works according to plan, and we are glad. No, glad to hear it. And again,
0: I wish you the best of luck in your continual journey. Uh, Kirit, it's been fascinating to hear a bit more about your experiences, uh, the reality of being an entrepreneur in Chennai and and some more specifics about about the the SaaS industry. Um, I wonder just to wrap up our conversation, if there's one main message you want to leave our listeners about Chennai as a startup ecosystem and and Freshworks journey to where to get to where it is today.
1: No, I think uh, it's time for the world to uh, pay attention and wake up to uh saas from india because every market is being disrupted so mckinsey uh, released a report on how india saas is going to be a trillion dollar market opportunity and they have identified 450 different micro segments of market which is going which is up for disruption and uh, so india saas is here to uh, stay after freshworks you will see I consider that we are fortunate to be the first one to go public, but there are, there's going to be a lot more companies coming. We are super excited for Freshworks also to continue the journey as uh, uh, we keep executing and, and continuing our journey as a successful public company. So looking forward to that. But India, SaaS, keep an eye uh, for, on that. I'm sure our global listeners
0: will be keeping uh, their eyes fixed on the SaaS market in India. Girish, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Alex. Well, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that conversation with Girish. I think he has a truly amazing story uh, as an entrepreneur, successfully scaling Freshworks from a small operation in Chennai to become a global SaaS player. And he's now sitting in Silicon Valley and listing on the stock exchange. And really, this whole story has put Chennai on the map as a a leading hub for software as a service. And really, it's a shining example of how far technology ecosystems have come over the last decade. You know, now there's readily available funding, albeit with uh, some of the pitfalls that Girish mentioned. Maybe even too much funding. But, but I mean, as an overall message, I, I think we may well see some more global success stories, such as Freshworks, coming out of Chennai and some other Indian tech ecosystem. But that brings us to the end of another edition of Rising Ecosystems and the last one of 2021. Listeners can expect many more conversations with entrepreneurs in the new year. So make sure to stay tuned. And I, I hope that all of you get a chance to take some time off before things start up again in fall in 2022. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the FDI Podcast for free wherever you listen to get all the episodes of Rising Ecosystems and much more. You might also like our other content such as The Bill Bar Effect, our sister podcast that explores whether culture can boost economic development. And we certainly can find much more content on our website at fdiintelligence.com. I've been Alex Owen-Hunt. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?